The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. It's not that you want to build an exercise habit around 7 a.m. or a meditation habit around noon. You want a daily meditation habit or a daily exercise habit. And when you have a narrow time in which you engage in a behavior, you do make it a bit more likely that you'll keep at it at that exact time, but less likely that you will do it ever. It's Friday, and I'd like to know if you've exercised yet today. Maybe you did it first thing this morning. Maybe you plan to do it later today. Actually, maybe you're exercising right now as you listen to this. That's some good temptation bundling, friends. If you are someone who exercises, you might have a set routine, a regular time you go to the gym or for a run or whatever your drug of choice may be. And you probably think that's a good idea. Set a time, get it on the calendar, and it's more likely to get done. That's what my guest Katie Milkman used to think too. But while studying the science of behavior change, she's discovered that sometimes that fixed pattern can work against you. For years, I was sure the best way to build a habit was through routinization. If you asked me how to build a robust meditation habit, I would have told you that you should always aim to meditate at the same time of day and do that as consistently as possible for as long as possible, rewarding yourself for each success. Eventually, you'd have a sturdy habit. My collaborators and I were so confident of this that we ran a study to prove it. We tested two ways of building lasting habits with about 2,500 Google employees who signed up for a month-long program designed to help them exercise more regularly. We randomized people in the program into two key conditions. One group was encouraged to make all of their visits to the gym at the same time of day, whatever time they deemed ideal. As a result, about 85% of this group's workouts during the month-long program were at that same consistent time, their ideal time. Another group was encouraged to mix up the timing of their gym visits. And as a result, only about half of this group's workouts during the month-long program were at the same consistent time, their ideal workout time. Both our routine and flexible groups visited the gym at roughly the same frequency during the month-long program when we offered them some small cash rewards for exercising. But then the program ended, the rewards ended, and we looked to see which group kept going to the gym more. Who had built a more lasting habit? We were amazed to find that it was actually the group with the more variable schedule, not the group that had been so consistent about their workout times. And when we dug into our data, it became clear what had happened. We hadn't been totally off to think that consistency breeds habit. The routine group did actually keep going to the gym at their regular time slightly more often than the flexible group after our program wrapped up. But the problem was that if they missed their regular workout time, say a 7 a.m. workout, they didn't exercise at all. The flexible group, though, would still get to the gym even if they missed their ideal workout time. If they didn't get to the gym at 7 a.m., they went at 3 p.m. instead. And net-net, that meant they went more often and had a more robust habit. Seeing this pattern, our results started to make sense. What our study showed is that too much rigidity is the enemy of habit. If you have a brittle routine, an I-can-only-go-to-the-gym-or-meditate-or-study-Spanish-at-this-time type of routine, then when life throws you a curveball, as it inevitably does, everything falls apart. But if you have an elastic habit, an 
I'll get to the gym, meditate, or study Spanish no matter what routine, you'll be more able to withstand the inevitable bumps in the road and stick to your habits. So the big idea is to try and form no matter what habits, not only if habits, by mixing up the when of the behaviors you want to put on autopilot. Elastic habits will get you farther. Now, this seems counterintuitive to me, and I think you said it went against some of what you expected to find, because if I don't have a set time for my activity, for my behavior, it just seems like it would be hard to get it ingrained, you know, hard to make it consistent. Why is that not right? Yeah, actually, it is right. So consistent timing does lead to more continuation of a behavior at that time. The problem is normally we don't care about engaging a behavior at a specific time. We care about engaging in a behavior ever, right? Sometime. So for instance, it's not that you want to build an exercise habit around 7 a.m. or a meditation habit around noon. You want a daily meditation habit or a daily exercise habit. And when you have a narrow time in which you engage in a behavior, you do make it a bit more likely that you'll keep at it at that exact time, but less likely that you will do it ever because you build a narrow habit and it's 7 a.m. or bust, it's noon or bust. And that's the interesting part, I think. So we do find in this experiment we ran where we randomly assigned people who were trying to develop gym habits to either always go at the same time of day or vary a bit more when they went, we find that the same time of day people, they're a little more consistent around that narrow time forever after. It's just that that's it. If they don't go, then they never go. And that means actually less gym attendance overall. So over the long haul, their habit sort of is more brittle, I think you say, in a way. Like yes. it, it's either yes. on or off, whereas people who have some flexibility will stick with it longer. Exactly. That's the idea of the elastic habit is that actually we want to practice engaging in whatever behavior we'd like to consistently do at a variety of times under a variety of conditions so that we're resilient. When, you know, you hit a traffic jam in the morning dropping your kid off and you can't get to the gym at your usual time, you have your fallback plan. Well, I'll go during lunch then because sometimes I do that as opposed to like, well, there it goes. I guess I'm not going to get to go to the gym today. So actually, it's quite intuitive when you start to think about it. But it's interesting that when we, you know, surveyed a large group of psychologists at top departments around the country and said, which is the better approach to habit formation, we saw that most people thought the consistent time is ideal because we have this mental model that routines are built on consistency. The thing is, that is It's still true. It's not exactly that they're wrong. It's just that we're extrapolating from that insight and generating the wrong principle from it. So it it sort of seems like we want a hybrid. We want to strike a balance between consistency and flexibility. Like having that 7 a.m. gym time is great and maybe helps get the habit underway. But we need to be light about that and and have a plan B so that I go to the gym at 7 a.m. And if I can't, I go to the gym at 3 p.m. or something. I've got a backup plan. Absolutely. And in fact, that's exactly what we did when we studied this. Everybody was encouraged to make a plan A, and they were reminded about their plan A time. But then some people only got rewards if they followed through on plan A, whereas others got rewards no matter when they followed through. And what we see is two groups that end up going to the gym at the same frequency. One of them, though, is making almost 90% of their gym visits at the same time. One is making about half of them at that plan A time. The group that 
is relying on plan A half the time ends up building the more resilient habit, again, because they've figured out plan B. Another habit that I've been trying to ingrain is practicing guitar, which I just have really struggled to make it consistent. And I think part of it's that I don't put it on my calendar. I don't really have a dedicated time that I'm doing it. And I think I should experiment with doing that and maybe try different times. Maybe it's a better morning habit. Maybe it's a better evening habit. I'm not sure. Maybe your advice would be put it on the calendar. Put it on it the calendar. Thing. Choose a date and time. that, And that follows the excellent research by Peter Golwitzer and Gabrielle Ettingen of NYU on the importance of having if-then plans. What is the trigger that is going to lead you to follow through as opposed to just saying, you know, sometime I'll do it. It's like, no, right after work or at 8 a.m. It can be a time. It can be a following another activity's conclusion. Uh-huh. But then do put a little variety into that. So don't be rigid as you're trying to build the habit up. So make sure your if-then plan is a little different some days of the week than others over the course of the first, say, month as you're trying to build that habit and you're likely to see better long-term results. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I'll through that experimentation, I might find that it works better for me to do in the mornings or the evenings or some other time. Exactly. But also, as you're saying, it will help the habit be less brittle so that I'll have options and I'm not locked into one time of day, which then if I miss for some reason... It all falls apart. You've got it. That's it. Well, Katie, thank you very much for coming on our show. Really enjoyed having you. And I hope you've helped me build some better habits and change things that need changing. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you become a brilliant guitarist with a very (laughs) clean desk. Oh, my God. That's my dream. And if I fall short in any of those areas, you're going to hear from me. Or from my lawyer. (laughs) Maybe not your lawyer, but actually a nice place to stop is to say, and I think this is important because I think a lot of the sort of self-help industry does a lot of overselling. Uh None of this is perfect. None of this is foolproof. Nothing we've talked about is going to generate 100% success rates. But through experimentation with what works best for you and through trying to use some of these scientific tools that have been proven to generate better results than you'd get otherwise, I think you should be able to improve your outcomes. Sometimes things change, right? What the barrier is when you start pursuing a goal can change. And so then your strategy needs to adapt. So try also not to be too inelastic or narrow-minded when it comes to pursuing change. And I think you'll get where you want to be. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed talking with you. I really enjoyed it too. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening this week. Wherever it is that you're trying to make positive change in your life, I hope Katie's given you some good ideas for how to do it. And remember, Monday is the start of a fresh week. That's always a good time to start a new habit. One habit a lot of people I know have been trying to establish is meditation. Whether or not that's on your list, I hope you'll come back next week for my series of talks with Sharon Salzberg. She's one of the most prominent meditation teachers in the country, but the advice she's going to be giving us is broader than that. She'll be sharing ideas on how we can manage our emotions and our relationships so as to experience more joy and connection in our lives. We could all use more of that. This week's episodes were written and produced by me, Michael Kovnat. Executive producers are Caleb Bissinger and Rufus Griscom. Sound designed by Emily Rostick. The next Big Idea Daily is a proud member of the LinkedIn Podcast Network. See you Monday.